0: You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about the church, you can reach us at www.bethelassembly.info. This morning, I want to take the time for the next few moments to really process through who we are as a church. What do we believe? What do we stand for? Now, I'm not going to take the time to process through the Assemblies of God and the, and the 16 fundamental truths of the Assemblies of God. Now, I want to talk specifically, who are we as a church? What has God called us to be? What is our defining moment as a body of believers? Approximately six years ago, when my wife and I first moved here to Sedalia, I sat down with a congregation on a Sunday night, maybe you were here that night, a small group of individuals, I believe we sat in this section right here, and I began to ask some basic guideline questions. What do we long for? What is really pressing on our heart? What do we really believe in? What are the unshakable moments in our lives? In other words, what's the DNA of the church? What do we stand for? And through that night and and processing together, we came up with our mission and our vision and our core values. I'm not going to attempt to give you all of it tonight or today. Today I want to give you our mission and our vision. But why are we repeating? If we discovered it six years ago, why do we need to repeat it again? Is it not enough simply to discover who we are and then move on? No, you see, I don't believe it's enough. As we continue to grow as a congregation, as we continue to grow as a group of believers, as a family together, we must not fail to understand who we are. If we fail to remember who we are and where we are going, there is no way we can properly hit the targets. Let me say that again. If we fail to remember who we are and where we are going, there is no way that we can properly hit the target. We'll hit some targets, but it may not be the one God is calling us to pursue. Approximately three years ago was the last time that we really dove in to this idea of who are we. Now as a staff and as leaders, we continuously rehash through this. We continuously process through this, but as a congregation, I think it's important that you understand who we are. You hear our mission all the time. Yes? What is our mission? Our mission is this to love, reach, and empower people of all cultures for Jesus Christ. That's what we stand for. That's that's our mission. That's our our driving force. That gives us specifics of who we are as a people. The Bible tells me this, where there is no vision, the people perish. I think one of the saddest things that can ever happen is to watch a church that perishes. That Watch, watch a church that ceases to exist. Church, I don't want Bethel Assembly to be a statistic. I don't want Bethel Assembly to be a has-been. I don't want Bethel Assembly just to be a, a memory from the past. But I believe that God has called us to be a growing, living, breathing organism for him that goes and does what he's called us to do. And we have been called to love, reach, and empower people of all cultures for Jesus Christ. What does that look like? What does it mean to love, reach, and empower people? The Bible tells me in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, it says don't just pretend to love others, really love them. And over and over and over throughout the Scriptures, we are are called to, to love those that persecute us, to love our enemies, to love ourselves. That's hard sometimes. To love God with all that we are. Love. Why? Why are we to love? Because that's who God is. God, by definition, I've said this thousands of times, God, by definition, is love. He cannot be separated from love. So if we are to be a living, breathing organism of God, then we've got to allow love to radiate inside the uttermost part of our being. We've got to let his love become true and transparent in our lives. Don't fake it. But really love one another. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. We're to love and and reach. What does reach look like? Well, Mark 16 tells me this. Go into the world. Go everywhere and announce the good news of God's message of good news to one and all. Go into all the world. Go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news to one and all. We've got to reach the lost. We've got to go into the highways and the byways. We've got to go into the community. We've got to go into the shopping center. We've got to go into the schoolhouse. We've got to go to other third world countries. We've got to go around the world. Everywhere we go, we've got to reach the lost for the kingdom of God. Why? Because if we don't reach them, they may never hear the message of Christ. And if they never hear the message of Christ, they'll spend eternity in hell. I'm not okay with that. I don't know about you, but I'm not okay with it. I don't want to be responsible for somebody not making it to heaven. If God calls us to go, if God calls us to reach, we need to go and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. That's why Bethel Assembly is here. That's what runs through our DNA, to love them and to reach them. But it's not enough just to reach them. We've got to empower them. The Bible says that my responsibility as your pastor is to equip you. To equip you, to give you opportunity, to give you the resources. Matthew 28 says, Go then to all peoples everywhere and make them my disciples. I've been throwing out little nuggets of information on this from time to time, but we're getting ready to start a discipleship mentoring program right here at Bethel Assembly. Why? Because we need to grow. We need to know God more. We need accountability. We need to walk side by side with one another. I don't know about you, but I need help. How about you? Do you need help? We're called to love, reach, and empower All cultures, everyone, that includes those right here in Sedalia. Yes, we need to have outreach opportunities in our community. I want Bethel Assembly to be a lighthouse in this community. I can't tell you how excited I am when I'm walking around talking to people in Sedalia and I mention Bethel Assembly and they go, oh, you're the church that does. You're the church that was at. You're the church that showed love. happens time and time again. Six years ago, when I mentioned Bethel Assembly, people would say, now where is that? True story. I'm like, we're on the highway. Which highway? We have a big billboard. Do you have a billboard? Church, we've got to be the Church. We've got to get outside of these walls, and we're beginning to see the impact, but it's not enough just to reach people here in Sedalia. We, did you know that we have about a 45-mile radius all around the church of people that we reach every, any given Sunday? We have probably about half our congregation drives 35 to 40 or 45 minutes just to be here for Sunday morning service. You all are crazy. We have some people that drive over an hour to be at church on Sunday morning. Man, I want to make an impact all over this area. In fact, as you know, many of you know, one of these days, once God opens up the door, we're going to launch campuses of Bethel Assembly all around this region. We're going to see little Bethel Assemblies in this community, and in that community, in this community. We want to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Why? Because we're called to love, reach, and empower people of all cultures for Jesus Christ. We support missions. We believe in missions. We just had 15 of us go to the jungles of Honduras. That was crazy. But we got to impact a a group of people in a village that had never, ever, ever had a missions team ever before. We're the first missions team to ever step foot into that church. Isn't that exciting? Bethel Assembly gets to make that impact now, our mission statement tells us who we are currently, not where we're headed. So, so who we are, we, we exist to love, reach, and empower people of all cultures for Jesus Christ. That's who we are. But where are we headed? Where do we go from here? We need something that, that inspires us as the worker. We need something that inspires us to move forward to that next point with God, and that's our vision statements. I don't share it as often as I do our mission, but this morning I want to take just a moment, I want to split our vision into five points. Let me read the whole vision to you. To become, that means that's where we're going, to become a Christ-centered family. Devoting ourselves to loving one another, honoring our Lord, and reaching the lost, all while making a positive impact, look at your neighbor and say a positive impact, I'll talk about that in a moment. A positive impact for Christ in our community. Let's take a look at this. Number one, we've got to become a Christ-centered family. When I first arrived to Bethel Assembly uh, approximately six years ago, this is where we hit the ground running. We spent several months talking about what does it mean to be a family. You see, there's a difference between just coming in and sitting in a church and really being a family. A family is there in the good times and the bad times. A family is there when you're celebrating. A family is there when you're hurting. A family is there when you're sick. A family is there when you're well. A family is there for you any and all times. And that's what the church is called to be. Amen? Amen? So we begin to process through this idea of the family working hard, Loving one another, connecting one another, encouraging one another. After all, the Bible says this in James chapter 3. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys the results only if you do the hard work of getting along. I didn't hear an amen. Thank you, Colton. 13 years old tomorrow, right there. Did you see this? You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys the results only if you do the hard work. Well, guess what? The reverse is also true. If you don't do the hard work, you will not produce a healthy, robust community. So the choice is ours. The option lies in front of us. Do we want a healthy, robust community or not? I believe we are called to be a Christ centered family, working together, processing through the hard stuff. Let me just throw this out there. I can't do it all by myself. Too many churches have done themselves an injustice and their pastor an injustice by saying, Well, Pastor, that's why we pay you. That's not the case. The Bible says my responsibility is to equip you. And we work together. We, the family, do the hard work. Processing together. Let's go back to that scripture again. Enjoy the results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and with honor. Before we can even begin to reach beyond these four walls, before we can ever reach in and make an impact in this community, we've got to do the hard work of working together as a family, building a community right here. Because if we don't have a solid foundation here and we try to filter outside the walls out there, what's going to happen? When some wind starts blowing, the whole organism is going to crumble. We've got to work together. We're giving you the opportunities this summer. We had our first sizzling summer a few a Sunday nights ago. If you were there, it was awesome. We had a dunk tank. We had s'mores. Come on. We had chocolate. We had s'mores. We had chocolate. We had hot dogs. We had a great movie. Here in a couple of weeks, we're going to have another sizzling summer. And on that one, we're going to the swimming pool. We're going to have a pool party. But at the pool party, we're going to do a water baptism. Come on. Amen. It's going to be incredible. The fall, this fall, we have a back-to-school bash or an end-of-summer bash, and we're going to come together for that as well. But something else we're going to do. The staff and I sat together a few months ago, and I asked the staff some pointed questions of how do we get to that place of where God would have us to be if we were to reach this would that be our celebration moment? And if that's the celebration moment, then, then how do we get there? And we realized that there were several things that had to shift here in the church in order for us to become this Christ-centered family. You see, it all came back to this idea of, of bonding together, growing together, working together, the, the mentor and the discipleship and all of these things processing together. We thought, how do we go about achieving such an idea? Of building community and with that we came up with the idea of life groups now it's not original to Bethel assembly it's not something that we created we're the only ones out there doing it but we decided life groups was the way to go I want to talk about our life groups we got a life group host meeting after the second service today but I want to share with you very quickly what life groups are going to look like this fall it's going to look totally different than it's looked for us in the past but we felt that if we're really going to become what God wants us to be, if we're really going to build this Christ-centered family, that we had to make some drastic changes. We had to turn some things on its head in order to accomplish the task. How many of you know sometimes in order to accomplish a task, you got to do some dirty hard work? Yes? So here's what we're going to do. We're taking our Sunday nights, and we're going to revamp them, and we're turning them into life groups. We're going to turn this thing on its head. Right now, currently on Sunday nights, we're reaching about 40 adults right here in the worship center. We believe that with life groups, we can more than double and even triple that number of people that we can impact. Doing the hard work of reaching one another. We're going to do these in in semester time frames. It's not going to be all study. There's going to be a study, then a social, then a study, then a social, then a study, then a social. Well, pastor, why are we doing socials? Because sometimes you just got to have fun. Yes? Yes? It's okay, listen carefully, it's okay for Christians just to get together and have fun. It's a true statement. I had somebody tell me when I first got here six years ago, well, Pastor, bear with us, we're not used to laughing in church. (laughs) We've done a lot of laughing in the last six years, yes? I love to have fun, and I believe that in those moments of having fun, that's when we build a relationship, that's when we really get to know one another, So this fall, Life Groups, beginning September the 9th, mark your calendar. Our goal is to have 100% participation. I know that's lofty. That's a crazy, crazy goal. But I believe that God has called us to become a Christ-centered family. A family that, that lives life together. A family that walks side by side with one another. I want to encourage you, become part of the life groups. It's going to be a, a semester moment and then we'll take about a month and a half break and then we'll do another semester and then a month and a half break and another semester and a month and a half break and we're going to process through life groups and, with that idea and here's how, they're going to, here's how it's going to work. Every life group is going to have a different topic. Maybe this life group over here is going to do finances. This life group is going to do parenting. This life group is going to do um, discipleship. This life group is going to do a study on the book of Romans. This life group is going to do whatever. And we're going to give you, have a young adult life group. Yes? Okay, I was hoping that was correct. (laughs) We are having a young adult life group. All of these opportunities for you to grow together, and then when that semester is over, We're going to show you what the next groups are going to be at and you can kind of mix and mingle so you're not always with that same group of people. Now you can get to know this group of people and now you can get to know this group of people and now you can get to know this group of people. And suddenly we're building, I'll see, I'm excited about this. We're building a healthy, robust community working together. Let me encourage you, this fall, Become part of a life group. If you're toying with the idea right now, you're like, I don't know if I want to host one or not, come to the meeting today. Let me put a little disclaimer out there. If you're hosting a life group, it does not mean that you're preaching to people every week. All it means is you're facilitating some questions. And I shared with you last week, I believe it was, every one of us facilitate questions every single day. How you How you doing? You're facilitating a conversation. You're you're prompting some form of response. Same thing happens with our life groups. Let me encourage you, if you're interested in being a life group host, join me today right after the second service. We're going to have a a brief meeting, plus you'll get free lunch. You can't beat free lunch. And then this fall, you're going to see more and more things pop up. I want you to sign up for a life group. I want to encourage 100% of you to be involved, to be a part, because I believe that's going to help us as a congregation to go to the next level that God wants us to go to. Amen? Point number two, devote ourselves to loving one another. Devote ourselves to loving one another. Love was a major topic uh, that we discovered that first night in 2012 September 2012 when we had this conversation right down here one of our kids zone kids i was asking who are we and they said we should be a warm church so i pressed them a little bit with that question i said oh you want me to turn the thermostat up you want it warmer in here is that what you're saying and she said no 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 pastor we need to be a place where people can feel loved and accepted and i thought man that coming out of one of our kids from kids church we need to be a place where people can come in and, and not feel that they're being condemned or judged because guess what? Jesus didn't come into this world to condemn us. John three seventeen. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Our responsibility is to love them. It's God's responsibility to change them. Let me, let me say that again. You need to let that kind of sink in. Our responsibility is to love them. God's responsibility is to change them. We don't approve of all the lifestyle choices, and many of you I've had conversations with, and we've talked about the lifestyle. We've talked about some things that are happening in your life, and you know, I say, God wants to bless you, but you can't be doing this, and God bless you, and we, we have those big conversations. If you're here, don't say amen, because uh, people know who I'm talking to, but... Some of you I've had those hard conversations with. And you've made the change. You've watched God bless your life. Our third point is this. We've got to devote ourselves to reaching the lost. To reaching the lost. That's why we have our outreaches as a church. That's why we, we pick up supplies once a month in Springfield and we bring those back and we drop them off at the elementary schools and we, we drop them off at the police station, the senior center, and the fire department and other areas around the community. Did you know that Bethel Assembly supplied, and this, this sounds like a small thing, but I want you to understand the impact this has. Bethel Assembly supplied every snack for all the schools here in Sedalia during the map testing. Three pallet full of snack cakes. We picked up in Springfield, jam-packed our van. It was like a, a cavity driving down the highway. <laughs> Brought them here, sorted them out, passed them to every school. We had area schools calling calling the church. Area schools. We weren't able to help any more than Sedalia this year, but I'm praying that next year we can widen that out. I had about two or three other School districts that called and said, can you help us out? And I had to turn them down. I want us to be able to reach out, to love our, our neighbors, to reach into them, to reach the lost. We got a note from one of the elementary schools that said, thank you for just thinking of us and loving us. We go into Heber Hunt Elementary and we mentor there. And we, we do a lot with Heber Hunt and bless them with th- several things. A couple of years ago, we bought a rock wall for their, for their gymnasium. And one of the teachers asked me this year, they said, why, why, do you, why do you love us? My response was simple. You're the closest one to us. <laughs> that, that's the answer. But we make that investment in them because they're our neighbor. And we, we want to simply show them the love of Christ. We have our Sunday morning services. This is a great opportunity to invite your friends. We craft our Sunday morning services with the mindset that the lost can come in. My desire every Sunday morning is that everybody leaves here, whether they've been saved for 14, 20, 35 years, or whether they just got saved this morning, that everybody leaves this place having some sort of connection and moment with God. That there was something that happened in the service that they go, man, that service was for me. I can't tell you how many times I had people walk up and go, pastor... Is my house bugged because I think you were preaching right at me this morning? That's my desire that no matter who you are, that God speaks into your life. So use Sunday mornings as an opportunity to bring your unsaved, unchurched friends in. Life groups are going to be a great opportunity. Man, because we're going to try to keep those things to like 12 people and below because that's really a small group. We don't want to have 40 and 50 people in a life group because that's a congregation. So we're going to keep it as small as possible. That's a great opportunity to bring your friend because it's a non-threatening environment. Plus, you're going to have food, and we all love food. Yes, amen, amen. Let me ask you this question. Personally, what are you doing to reach the lost? You see, it would be easy for us to, to jump on the bandwagon of Bethel Assembly is doing this and this and this and this and Bethel Assembly has this event and that opportunity and Bethel Assembly is this coming around the corner. But what are you personally doing to reach the lost? I want to challenge you. Allow the DNA that flows through Bethel Assembly to begin to flow through your veins. Number four, devote ourselves to honoring the Lord. To become a Christ-centered family, devoting ourselves to loving one another, honoring the Lord. Our goal as a church should be to do everything for the glory of God. We serve snack cakes to the schools to the glory of God. We pass out toilet paper to the senior center for the glory of God. We have a family fest to the glory of God. We take our kids to camp every summer to the glory of God. We come here as a body of believers and we worship together to the glory of God. We work as a greeter at the main door to the glory of God. We push the knob on the soundboard to the glory of God. We receive communion together to the glory of God. Everything that we do is done to the glory of God. Colossians chapter 3 says, And whatever you do or say, do as a representative of the Lord. Did you know that you are a representative of the Lord? The moment you receive Christ into your life, you become his representative. You're his spokesperson. We're going to talk about that in, in just a moment. So i that idea. Our word for 2018 and every year, uh, seek God for a word. What is it that you have for our church? 2018, that word is excellence. We're striving to do everything we can at the utmost excellence because that's what we believe God deserves. We want to do it to the glory of God. And number five, make a positive impact for Christ in our community. Now listen carefully. There's a vast difference, a huge difference between making an impact and making a positive impact. I've shared this before. There are so-called churches that travel around the United States and they make an impact upon the community. But it's not an impact that's positive for the kingdom of God. We want our community to look at Bethel Assembly and see that we have a love for Christ and, that, and to see that we desire nothing more but for them to come to know Him as their Lord and Savior. Our aim, our desire should be to make a positive impact for Christ. Let me ask you a question. If Bethel Assembly was to close its doors today, would it make a difference in Sedalia? and in the surrounding community. I want you to process that. If this church was to throw in the towel today and say, you know what, we're not doing this anymore, we're locking the door, we're turning out the lights, would it make any sort of impact, make any sort of difference in our community? you hold on to that thought i want to let that kind of sink in this week i want you to really process that over the next couple of weeks we're going to dig in more about who we are as a church we're going to talk about our core values there are seven of them i was going to try to give you one of them this morning but i knew that that just was not going to happen We've got to know our core values. These are the unshakables. These are the the things that that move us forward. I want to encourage you over the next several weeks to allow the DNA that flows through our church, through Bethel Assembly, to become the DNA that runs through your veins. You see, because we are the church. Too often we call this metal man-made building the church, but this is not the church. This is a... a, an avenue in which we can flow through. This is a a, a product in which we can use to reach the lost. The church is us, the body working together, the the family doing the hard work. So what is our goal? Our goal is to love, reach, and empower people. Why? Because Jesus loves them. We want to make that impact for the kingdom of God. It's time for the church to stop being self-absorbed. I believe there are too many churches that are self-absorbed. It's, it's all about us, what's in it for me. And I don't know about you, but I don't want that to be the M.O. of this church. I don't want that to be what's being said about this church. I want our focus to be reaching the lost, making an impact for the kingdom of God. We said it a moment ago, we are Christ's representatives. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says we're his ambassadors me explain what an ambassador is. Google defines it as this. An accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. Look at that. An accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. Let's look at this idea of ambassador. What's it mean for us as a church? What does it mean for us specifically as individuals, as, as Christians? First, I think we got to look at the word accredited. Simply a word that means this a person officially authorized. Now, some of you say, Oh, Pastor, I don't know that I'm really accredited. Matthew 28 shows us a transfer. Of this authority. Jesus says I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go. He says I I have all the authority right now. I'm holding the authority in my hand. So now what I'm going to do. I'm going to deem you an accredited diplomat. I'm calling you from my world. From heaven. Into this foreign land. To be my representative. I'm going to appoint you. We've been given a mandate to go. To make disciples. To win the lost. To bring them in. So because of the accreditation that we have in Christ, we must go. We're commissioned by heaven to make a positive impact in this world. By the way, this world is not our home. This is a foreign land. We're simply passing through, awaiting the day when we will stand before God for all eternity, giving Him praise. We are called to love, reach, and empower people. The DNA runs deep. Because we are the church. We are called to accomplish something so much greater than we can ever do by ourselves. So I challenge you today. Listen carefully. Stop being a loner. You were not created to be an island. You were created for community. Listen carefully. You were created for one another. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, talking about Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. So God created Eve. Likewise, I would say to you, it's not good for you to be alone. You need one another. You need this community to become a Christ-centered family. That's the foundation of every other part of our vision. I would encourage you. Let God use you to make an impact for His kingdom. Would you pray with me today?